Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. I mean, we got three playoff games on Saturday, three playoff games on Sunday, and everybody is still talking about a couple of teams that have no shot at the playoffs. Here we go. Call it judge, jury, and executed. Because yes. Joe's about to get killed by the guy sitting to my right, K-I-L-T. I busted that out this morning before even Key could. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests proudly join on the Goodyear hotline. J. Will is here. Key is here. And we are here at the biggest story, fellas, in the NFL. Simply put, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. You all know the deal, the situation with Doug Peterson Sunday saying he was playing to win with the optics showing perhaps the exact opposite. The beneficiary was the Washington football team. The team on the other end of it that really got screwed, let's be honest, is the New York Giants, if you believe that's the case. And Joe Judge at his season-ending press conference yesterday certainly is in that camp. There's a number of sacrifices that have been made by all the players and coaches in this league. There's a number of sacrifices that come along as well with the family members of the people connected to them. To disrespect the effort that everyone put forward to make this season a success for the National Football League, to disrespect the game by going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and doing everything you can to help those players win, we will never do that as long as I'm the head coach of the New York Giants. Mm. Well, let's start off by saying morning, Zubin. Good morning. Morning, morning. Jay Will. Hope y'all had a, a great evening. Now, on to the juicy stuff. Go for it. <laughs> First of all, I understand the tough tone and the tough talk. You're in New York. You want to appeal to the fan base. You want to be that guy. I get it, 100%. But to say that you would never disrespect the game by deciding to not compete at 100% full speed all the time, all the rhetoric. I, I'm going to say it this way, and, it, and, and I hope you're following me alone. Very well, Jay and Zubin and the audience that's listening and watching. There are a number of teams every single year in the National Football League at the end of the season that have nothing to play for whatsoever. Zero. Either they're completely out of the playoff picture or they've clinched. To, and they, they can't change their seating or whatever the case may be. So with that being said, does that mean that the Pittsburgh Steelers – in head coach, two-time Super Bowl appearing, winning head coach Mike Tomlin, who's never, ever had a subpar 500 win, uh, season as a head coach. Does that mean that he's not competing and he's not giving it 100% in the integrity of the game? Go to another example. Does that mean, Jay, in Zubin, that Hall of Fame head coach in – Tony Dungy, Super Bowl winning head coach in Tony Dungy, who turned around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and turned them into legit contenders year in and year out, by the way, has set many players over time, whether it was Indy when they had a chance to go 16-0 and and they decided not to, or whether it was in Tampa Bay when he decided we can't change our seating, so therefore a number of our star players are going to sit on the sidelines and relax. And if we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. It, we're not, we're good. Or many other head coaches around the league that have been successful. Does that mean that they disrespect the NFL and the integrity of the game? Hell no. 
So why are you trying to set this narrative that that is what it is, Joe Judge? Because that's not it. Why when Philadelphia makes a decision, I understand, you wanted to backdoor into the playoffs. How about winning more football games? How about doing that to start? Then you could go on and say things that make sense because clearly everybody's not aligned around the National Football League with his thinking because the Kansas City Chiefs this year allowed the San Diego or the L.A. Chargers to get a victory because they decided we're, it's, we're good. We're the number one seed. And before I allow you to go, Jay, I'm going to say this. When Joe Judge is sitting at 14-2 and two with the number one seed and nothing to play for, and he's facing a team that is now, I don't know, they get 14-2, let's say they're 13 before the season is, they're 13-1 and one and they're playing a team that's 1-13 and 13 and they clinch, they have nothing to play for, and then he decides to sit some players on the team. Is he losing the integrity of the NFL in the game? That's all I'm asking. That's all. Zubin, did he just say before he allows me to go? Did he just say allow? Well, because I didn't want you. I didn't want you to interrupt me like many times. But go ahead. I haven't. I haven't interrupted. No, I just sat I just there and listened to you talk you. for five and a half minutes I'm of the just, first segment. Jeez, I'm just saying. Listen to me here on this one. Would I have sat on my moral high horse yesterday if I were Joe Judge? No. Would I have taken a shot at an opponent? No. Was he wrong? Yes. Do I love it? Yes. I. Love this as a Giants fan. You know why, Key? Because when's the last time the Giants actually won the division? 2011. When's the last time we actually won a playoff game? 2011. We've been to the playoffs once since then. The Eagles have been to the playoffs every year since 2017 since they won a Super Bowl. So you know what it is right now? This is a rivalry. And when I see my players, Darius Slayton and company out there tweeting about what happened, when I watch what happened, and I understand the business and the economics of the industry, I understand that they moved up three draft spots and they went from nine to six by tanking this game. But then when I see Doug Peterson's comments and the way he communicates those comments to the media, and I know it feels like they're taking a shot at me when I understand this rivalry I'm okay with it I'm okay with Joe Judge coming out and saying this you know why because he's endearing himself to New York a guy who is blue collar who wants to work hard and he doesn't like the Eagles so I hear what you're saying about all these other coaches and sitting it but that's I don't need to hear that as a Giants fan I want to hear my coach stand up for what his players are saying and he might get torched nationally I just heard you torch him and that's fine but I don't really care how Joe Judge appears nationally. I only care how he appeals to the players in that locker room, and he's on the same line behind the sand with them. He wants to fight with them. That's all I care about. No, Jay, Jay, if he would have said that, we good. But that's not what he said. He questioned people's motives and integrity and competitiveness in terms of getting out there. I've said it out of games before when we've clinched spots. So you telling me, in my, I played in the NFL. So in my 11 years in the NFL and get knocked across the middle and catch it. Are you telling me, are you saying to me that I cheated the game because I didn't go 100 miles an hour, 60 minutes every single game when my coaches said, we've already clinched that you're sitting on the sideline. We're not going to play you. Is that what you're telling me? Because that's what it sounded like to me. I, I just said that I wouldn't have said that. No, not you. I'm talking but about Joe, Joe Judge. Judge, Judge. But like I said, if I'm a if I'm a New York Giants player, I don't care how Joe Judge appears 
nationally. I only care that he, he wants to fight with me on my team. And as a Giants fan, but that's I love not a, that but type he, of talk. But he's not fighting. He's just talking nonsense. It's rhetoric. That's all it is. But Keith, Keith, it's Keith, nonsense Keith, because Keith, he said nothing about he said nothing about the playoffs. He said nothing about this is about the Giants and the Eagles in the playoffs. He's talking about the integrity of the damn game. Joseph Keyshawn Johnson, we, we just talked about Doug Peterson the other day. And you're the biggest Doug Peterson apologist there is. I'm not and, no Doug. And, no, it's apologist. fine. We'll get into that another second. I don't even know segment. Doug, man. What all, the hell are you talking about? All I'm saying is you're the one that sits up there and says, coaches lie. That's what they do. It's I, rhetoric all the time. So why does it bother you now? It, 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 why bothers it bother you me. now? It bothers me because he's questioning one's integrity of the game in saying that a man's you know, integrity in competing, which is ridiculous when we all know across the board – that they had nothing to play for, and there's no need of helping the New York Giants when I can move from nine to six. I'm not like once That's again. That's ridiculous. Once man. again, ridiculous. I don't agree with what Joe Judge says. I get it as a Giants fan. I want to hear that. I'm okay with that. But I would love to bring Jalen Hurts on the show and ask his opinion about respecting the game, how he felt about being benched. And I played the, the damn game, game, boy. What That's you talking fine. about? You, That's you, fine. you in the NBA. You deal with the NBA every day. One of the most we in take terms in the of frauds in takes. terms of. Frauds and sitting dudes. Come on, man. Stop. We got ta- to break. We got to break. Don't be we breaking gotta, me. We got to break. Move we got to break. All right. I thought I was going to load manage here, and you guys are going to take the rest <laughs> of the block. But uh, all right, I'll have to jump in here since we got some NBA. I want to quickly mention uh, the three teams that have been under 500 to make the playoffs. The first two have won playoff games. The last two, the 2020 Washington football team and the Carolina Panthers back in 2014, both coached. By Ron Rivera. Everybody talks about the Seahawks and the Beast Quake and that game against New Orleans. But 7-8-1 Carolina in 2014 and this Washington football team both coached that's Ron, by Rivera. That's Ron's recipe for playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you want to brag about that. We made the playoffs with this record, but there's the deal. All right, straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. On the way, does this sound like a recipe for success? A rookie straight calling out the GOAT. Just a handful of days before he sees him with everyone watching. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today 
to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline, including NFL insider Dan Graziano. You think we got a couple questions for him? He's coming up at 6.40 a.m. Eastern. Key's rocking out this morning. Saturday night football normally means college football, but in this case, Key, Saturday night football means Bucks, Washington football team, Tom Brady, first playoff foray in Tampa, under the lights, Saturday night. And Chase Young, who certainly has a strong case to be the defensive rookie of the year, calling out Tom Brady. <laughs> Quote, Tom Brady, I'm coming. I want Tom. How about that? And then you just may have heard a second ago, Bruce Arians saying, look, he's a great kid. His old college teammate, Terry McLaurin, great kid, great players. But the G in GOAT stands for greatest. Be careful, kid. He's a hell of a player. Uh, obviously, you know, making him a captain as a rookie is, speaks volumes. And uh, both those kids from Ohio State, he and McLaren, are, are great kids. And uh, but yeah. he's he's a he's a handful. But so is Sweat, Payne, the rest of those guys. Ryan Kerrigan, I've had a ton of respect for for a long time. So uh, yeah. yeah, we'll have our hands full. But uh, you know that it's one of those games where you better watch what you wish for. So that's the deal. Bruce Arians weighing in after Chase Young. Threw it down. Just a reminder, Bruce Arians is going to join Greeny this morning. Greeny is joining us uh, right after we're done, 10 a.m. Eastern. So beginning today, Mike Greenberg begins his new show right after we're done. Greeny taking you inside the stories of the day as only he can. The newsmakers, you'd expect the A-listers interacting with you every single weekday. From Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right into Greeny weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. And right out of the shoot, he's going to have Bruce Arians join him at 1030 a.m. Eastern on day one for his reaction to what essentially has been a little bit of a little tete-a-tete. Also, Pat McAfee will join this morning at 10.15 a.m., so right out of the gate. All right, Key, what do you think? Well, I, I mean, look, man, I don't think that Chase Young's words will bother or ignore or anything like that to Tom Brady. Like, Brady's not – I mean, the dude's 50 years old, man. He's heard everything <laughs> – going for people right think about it many years that he's played in new england all the chatter about whether it was spy gay or you did this or deflated balls or you he's heard it all like that bounces off a wall and goes nowhere i mean it's just i get it chase young's young he's fired up you say some stuff in the locker room somebody picks it up and they think it's juicy noise now bruce arians is right though in the end, you could get torched. And if you get torched, I'm going to use that against you now. If we come if we coming into Washington and we hang 50, which is a 50-pack, 50, 50 gotcha. points, okay. on you, <laughs> then I got, I'm going to let you know. And if we lose, then you got the right to say whatever you want to say. But if I get you, and I'm not going to let you know, I'm not going to clap back. I'm just going to do my job. But as that clock starts to tick away, I'm going to certainly go like this and point to it and let you know. Next time, you need to keep your damn mouth closed. Mm. And that's it. Who doesn't want to crack the goat? Like, who doesn't want to beat Tom Brady up? Tom Brady, Key, you said he's 50 years old. He can barely move in the pocket. Okay, I mean, he's yeah, been signed at least. Yeah, damn, he's good still. Oh, no, he's really good. No, I'm not saying that he's not really good. He's incredibly well. He's incredibly good of a player. But 
Look, he's only been sacked 22 times, right? They allowed 22 sacks this season. It's fourth least in the NFL. So, but this is not basketball. This is not a mano mano type of you know race here. Chase Young has to actually get through that line. He has to get through that line. So my thing is a guy who is going to be defensive rookie of the year, who leads all rookies in sacks with 7.5 sacks per game. Like I want to hear him talk this way. This is his shot to crack the goat. Now, whether he actually gets to do that or not, that would be up to the game. But I love the mentality that he has. And we have Jason Wright on our show multiple times, who is the president for the Washington football team. And he always talks about the culture, culture of the franchise. He is a captain. You want your captain to be hungry. You want him to have that drive, that grit. Now, I don't expect the Washington football team to win this game. I expect the Bucs to win this game. If the, so I almost feel like it's playing with house money. If Chase Young gets a crack at Tom Brady and they have a chance to win the game, great. Incredible. If they lose, nobody's going to say, well, we really expected the Washington football team to win this game. Um, so I, I think it's a win-win for Chase Young. I like this leadership style, and I like that hunger he brings to the leadership style. Look, one of the things that Tom Brady struggled with throughout his career is a pass rush, something that they de- certainly have in Washington with Jack Del Rio leading the charge as a defensive coordinator and Ron Rivera, defensive-minded head coach, uh, you know, on that staff. So when you start to think about the recipe for Tom Brady, yes, Chase Young coming and bending the edge, going to Tom Brady, sack fumbles, all of those sort of things. The only thing with this is you now put a lot of pressure on your teammates, not just you, but also your teammates to deliver. How? Because, well, because you because one, Jay, is when you start talking, they now have to back you up. That's just how it is in the NFL. Once one person says something, the other 10 on that defense – They've got to now back it up because if they don't do their job, if Chase Young bends the corner and he doesn't get to Tom Brady and the back end doesn't hold up, and then all of a sudden you got Godwin running down the middle of the field, you're in trouble. That So you got to think through these things. It's not just as simple as fun, talking noise. It's also in the back of certain people's minds when they get a hold of you, they get a hold of you, and that's when you get into trouble. That's all I'm saying. In the end – that scoreboard could be different. That's all I'm saying. I know, different. I, all I'm saying is that the Bucks are uh, eight and a half favorite in this ball game, a touchdown plus. So, uh, like I'm saying, the Washington football team is playing with house money. I don't, Key, we're not going into this game. Do you expect the Washington football team to win this game? I, think I don't know. Say they have a chance. I, don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> okay. Even better. Even better, Key. That's the beauty of the playoffs. That red, uh, that Washington football team defense is certainly pretty stout, but Tom Brady and the offense have been just as stout on the other side the last few weeks for sure. On the way, all the reporting says it's a fractured beyond repair relationship between Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz. He's not so sure. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. And that's where we will begin. You know the situation. What should the Eagles do with Carson Wentz? We'll talk about that and plenty of other things, including another team in the NFC East in about 10 minutes with insider Dan Graziano. So, Key, all the reporting seems to be that the relationship is beyond repair between Carson Wentz and the former Eagles quarterback, now head coach, Doug Peterson. He signed a $128 million deal. By the way, just in June of 2019, this wasn't like one of those decisions they made so long ago, and now it's coming to roost. June of 2019, they laid 128 in front of him, and now obviously things have gone kaput. But you're not exactly sure we're ready to part ways just yet. Well, you got you to gotta look at it a lot of different ways, man. They, they, the season just ended the other day. So now they've got to assess everything. And they also got to look at their cap hit and where the cap is going to be. The cap's going to drop from where it is now. You don't want to have your team explode from a salary cap standpoint because there's an emotional decision that needs to be made. Now, maybe Carson is in a situation where, from a mental standpoint, it doesn't matter for him to take less money to work with the cap of the next team. He, he may be able to do that. He may be able to go back and restructure with Philadelphia to get out of there and say, you know what, man, it's, it's worth it to me. My sanity is worth it to give you some of this money back so I can part and go on. I mean, that, that, it may be worth it. It, it. Guys get to that point. I was at that point in my own career when I played for John Gruden and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I let him know at the beginning of the season. No matter what you do, I don't want an extension. I don't want anything. I just want to get the hell away from you, <laughs> period. You can have it all. I just want to go. And so when you get to a certain point, some things are not repairable. And if that's where he's at, because quarterbacks, and I've said this to Jason and you and other guys my entire career, quarterbacks are sensitive. They are just sensitive, man. They are very fragile, delicate. That's why when people push them up at the top and they don't stay at the top, they crumble as soon as something happens. Mm-hmm. They fall apart. And that's what you're seeing potentially in Carson Wentz. Key, let me tell you what Howie Roseman said the other day. I know Carson's disappointed. My job is to get it right. My job is to fix it. That's not Howie Roseman's job. That's Carson Wentz's job to fix it. You talk about quarterbacks being sensitive. So let's go back to before the season started, because here was an opportunity for a quarterback to be sensitive. And I want to show you the way he responded. Granted, he may be one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen to do it. Jordan Love gets drafted. There's a whole lot of swirl about what's going to happen here in Green Bay and what's going to happen with this young stud that's going to come in. You know how Aaron Rodgers responded to it? A 13-3 and record, an MVP season. He goes out and he takes it. 
So now I'm sitting here watching the way Doug Peterson has handled post-game pressers, which has been embarrassing in my opinion, even though you disagree, Key. It's been embarrassing in my opinion to now seeing a, a quarterback who looks mentally fractured. And now I see Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson talk about how do I salvage this relationship? How do I save that? My question is, why are you trying to save a relationship when you have to have somebody who wants to fight for the relationship? If, I, if I'm in a relationship and you don't want to fight to stay in a relationship with me, why am I trying to crawl towards you to help you fight for a relationship? You have to want to take it. You have to want to be in here with me. And I just don't know if Carson Wentz has the mental fortitude, and I don't know him. I'm just saying off reports that I hear from all these you know, great reporters that we have at ESPN. Now I'm wondering about whether Carson Wentz, I, you know, and whether it's you know, negotiation talk with agents, you know, really trying to hang it out there to create, you know, a, a little bit more traction for Carson Wentz. But I, I don't want to see Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson say, how do we fix this? No, I want to hear Carson Wentz say, I'm going to go out and take it. Well, look, it's going to be mine. Well, look, Jay, as of right now, he's it, Howie Roseman said that as of now, they're not trading him as of today. Remember what I said when we first started this segment? The season just ended the other day. They got a long ways to go before they get to making a decision on what they want to do with Carson Wentz at the quarterback spot. There's a lot of conversations that have to take place. Now, when you say that he has to want to be in it and Doug Peterson's handling press conferences and doing things a certain way, Carson Wentz knew that Jalen Hurts was drafted to play eventually. At some point in time, the kid was going to play, whether it was this year, next year, the year after. Not necessarily key. He needed to key. be able to hold him off. Not ne- he yeah, was, exactly. But I mean, he, Jordan Jordan Love was drafted. Aaron, I didn't see Aaron Rodgers, you know, crumble. But but everybody is different, though, Jay. Everybody everybody mental fortitude is different. Some people can handle certain situations when you draft a guy behind them. They don't guy. You know, guys get drafted every single year, man. And and you think that. Players in this league that are guys like Aaron Rodgers is going to worry about that. No, he's going to go out there and take care of business. But when you Carson Wentz, maybe you are not as strong from a mental standpoint to be able to handle all the chatter, what goes on in Sports Center, what goes on in the newspapers, what people are saying on Sports Talk Radio. You, he may not be able to handle that, and that's okay. That's okay. It's up to Doug and Howie to understand what they have at the quarterback spot. Now they see it. Now they understand it. They now can approach it and handle it a certain way rather than do it emotionally because Carson wants to do it or his representatives want to say he wants to be traded. Doesn't mean anything. People tell front office people all the time, every single day, Jay, in every sport, my guy's not happy. He wants to be traded. He needs a new contract. It's how you handle it in the front office. No question. A couple things we'll quickly mention before we get to the NFL insider Dan Graziano, who's got some juicy stuff after Joe Judge's comments with the Giants, and that would be the simple manifestation of it. Right now, Carson Wentz looks at Jalen Hurts and says, this kid's a baller. This kid can play. All the reports coming out. Well, I don't know if he's saying that. Well, I think people look at him and say, this guy's pretty good. This guy has something. Whereas a lot of people, according to the reports in Green Bay, it's been very limited sample size, that at this point, Jordan Love needs a telescope to see Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the difference between Hurts and Wentz, obviously a little bit more narrow. The last number I wanted to bring up to you is the dead cap number. The largest dead cap number in the history of the NFL ever. Take a guess. Take a guess. Trivia time. 
28 million. Good, close. Robert Woods, 21.8 million dollars. Wentz's cap hit, the only reason I bring this up to put it in context, Wentz's cap hit would be about 35 million dollars. A 35 million dollar dead cap hit, 13 million dollars more than the largest one we've ever seen in the history of the NFL. In a year where the salary cap is going to take a dip when traditionally it rises. And so to Key's point there, it's going to be a larger percentage, so it's going to hurt even more, Jay. I just want to go back to your first point when you said about the the gap is a little bit narrower between uh, Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts as opposed to Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but the gap is also massive when you talk about what one got paid, right? I mean, $128 million. Like, they paid the wrong guy. They paid the wrong guy. There you go. And it came in June of 2019. We'll see what happens. Obviously, Executive Vice President Howie Roseman can't say he wants to trade Carson Wentz. That would completely devalue anything they could get for him. Plenty of chatter about one NFC East team that didn't make the playoffs in the Eagles. How about some chatter on another one that just missed out on the postseason? Key is beside himself. We've just played the audio of Joe Judge again talking about how upset he is, the integrity of the game. It's been the biggest NFL talker. We got six games. We got super wild card weekend on Saturday. And this story about a couple of teams that aren't going to the playoffs is dominating everything. Let's talk about it with the ESPN NFL insider, Dan Graziano, who joins us this morning on the Goodyear hotline. I know you've been aligned with the Giants for a long time. You know the organization. Take us inside. What's the juicy scoop you can give us? I mean, look, they, were, they went into the game Sunday night hopeful that uh, the Eagles would win and they'd get to be division champions with a 6-10 and 10 record. So obviously they were disappointed and they felt like the Eagles didn't do everything they could to win. And I think you heard that coming out with Joe Judge in the news conference yesterday. But a couple things to remember. One, Joe Judge comes from New England, right, where they always play their guys. You never saw Bill Belichick take Tom Brady off the field in a week 17, even with the uh, one seed locked up. So he's, you know, he, they, they walk the walk there. And I think, you know, Joe Judge has the background to say, you know, yes, this is something that we wouldn't do. Uh, we'll see. I mean, if he ever gets the chance to do it, uh, will he will he back up that that talk uh, or not? But it, there's his history and where he comes from indicates that at least he's been schooled by someone who uh, who, who doesn't. So, uh, you know, the other thing is, I mean, I think Giants players were on social media Sunday night and they were saying, like, you know, they were upset or they were kidding around upset, some combination of the two. They realized that they went 6-10 and 10 and then no one's going to hand them a division title and that if they really wanted one, they should have won at least seven, maybe even eight games. But um, Joe Judge is always coaching, and I think to send that message publicly uh, and have his players hear it in that forum is an effective coaching technique, and, and, and it delivers the right message to the people for Joe who are, who are most important to hear it, which is his players. Yeah, and, and that is true. His players, the organization, the fan base, he could appeal to that. But when you are questioning the integrity of coaches and organizations as you look at the Kansas City Chiefs or Pittsburgh Steelers or even teams like the Indianapolis Colts and Jeff Saturday and Peyton Manning when they decided to sit tight – it just, you know, as a former player having done this before, Dan, it's like, come on, man, seriously. Like, what are you talking about? You're just talking noise. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was at on it. Yeah. Um, let me ask you Look, this about. I mean, they're not going to. Go ahead, yeah, Dan. They're not going to shut down the playoffs because Doug Peterson assaulted the integrity of the NFL. Like, this, this happens, man. I mean, like. 
Like the New York Giants three years ago sat Eli Manning down and put Geno Smith in a game in, in early December because they wanted to end Eli Manning's consecutive game streak so it was easier to move on from him. Teams make decisions all the time that result in their best possible team not being on the field uh, in games that might count for other, for other teams. I mean, if the Steelers had played all their guys on Sunday and the Browns lost, the Dolphins might be in the playoffs. So why aren't the Dolphins upset at Mike Tomlin? So yeah, look, it, it, there's a lot going on here, but I think Joe Judge is talking specifically to his situation and using it as an opportunity to say, here's what we're going to be about going forward and making sure his team knows that too. Let's stay in Philadelphia, Dan. Carson Wentz doesn't seem very happy. Reports are out there that he probably wants to no. be traded at some point during the offseason. How do you see this thing unfolding as we get to the offseason? Yeah, what you guys were just talking about uh, in the previous segment, look, it, it's tough for the Eagles to trade Carson Wentz right now and get anything in return. The acquiring team would be taking on a heavy salary for a player that just had a very bad year. Uh, and and giving, what are you going to give a team in order to take that on? So it's in the Eagles' best interest to make sure everybody thinks that they don't have to or don't want to trade Carson Wentz. Uh, that's just negotiating one-on-one. My understanding is the Eagles' preference would be to bring him back and see if they can get it fixed because he is a player they think very highly of. They have a lot invested in him. Remember, they traded up twice in the draft to get him, and then a couple years later they give him the monster contract. So they, they do literally have a lot of resources invested in this player, and if he's a flop, uh, that's damaging to them as an organization. So they would prefer to bring him back. The question is, can they sell him on that? We, we see Chris Mortensen's reporting on this about Carson Wentz wants out. The relationship is fractured. You know, that's where the, the issue lies right now. The Eagles can want Carson, back, Carson Wentz back all they want, but if he doesn't want to be there, it, it's going to be a tricky situation for them to navigate this offseason. Big offseason story, obviously, in Philadelphia just getting started. Dan, you covered the Ravens this past weekend when they rushed over 400 yards versus the Bengals. How scary does this offense actually look right now? 400. Before, I mean, 400. Like, like they, they, Dobbins goes for that 72-yard touchdown run, and you look at your stat sheet, and it says 350, and it's the third quarter. I, like, I'm not sure I ever saw that before, and... Yeah, true enough, they were one of seven teams, I think, in NFL history to get to 400. Look, they're not playing the Bengals this week. No offense to the Bengals, but, but, but I mean, you know, the, the playoff competition is going to be tougher than what the Ravens faced uh, on Sunday. There's no question about that. But you talk about, I mean, you guys, you guys, you guys who have been high-level professional athletes, I mean, you know, you, I'm sure you can tell me what it means to go into the playoffs feeling confident, feeling good, feeling strong. Like, hey, this is the way it's supposed to look. And that's where the Ravens are right now. They feel like their offense is clicking at a high level, that their quarterback is playing like the MVP that he was last year, that they're, that they're doing what they want to do in terms of their offensive iten- identity. And that can carry a team, I think, for a little bit. And, you know, Tennessee is obviously a tough opponent, the team that knocked them out last year. But Tennessee is not playing good defense. And I think if the Baltimore Ravens are feeling like they can run the ball at will, which is how they feel right now, and that Lamar Jackson can extend plays and, and, and find guys downfield the way he did last year in key spots, that they can be a dangerous team in the playoffs. And right now, yeah, they've survived their losing streak. They've survived their COVID outbreak. They've survived a bunch of injuries, and they're going into the playoffs feeling like they're as strong as they have been all year. So, uh, that mentality combined with the level of talent they have on that offense, and if the defense is getting healthy on the back end, very interesting team in terms of uh, potentially making some noise in January. Mm. It'll be fascinating to see what happens again. Three games Saturday, three Sunday, but the, all of the attention seems to be revolving around a couple of teams that we're only hoping 
to make the postseason. As Dan said, if you want to make it, don't hope, don't pray. Go win more football games. Dan, thanks very much. All right, Dan. Just a reminder, beginning today, Mike Greenberg begins his show, Greeny, immediately following Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can. Have the newsmakers you'd expect and interact with you every single day from Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right into Greeny weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. This morning, Pat McAfee will join him. I presume that's his first guest at 10.15 a.m. Eastern. And then Bruce Arians to talk about Tom Brady, year one, all together in Tampa, looking ahead to their playoff game Saturday night. And that'll be Pat McAfee and Bruce Arians in the first half hour of Greeny this morning, right after we're done on ESPN Radio. Let's go from A to Z. With an I in the middle, I for Indy. The NCAA tournament is going to be held entirely in the state of Indiana, in around the Indianapolis metro area. This had been suspected for a long time, but it becomes public. So here we go. All 68 teams, all 67 games. They'll play at the Colts Stadium, Lucas Oil Stadium, the Pacers' home, Bankers' Life Fieldhouse, Hinkle Fieldhouse, the home of Butler, Assembly Hall, the home of IU. Jay, will this NCAA tournament bubble work? I hope so, uh, considering last year didn't work. But look, I I think this concept would be incredible in a post-COVID era because you can make cities actually bid for all these teams actually come to their cities. And actually, it's a way to share the revenue with the players if you're bringing that amount of revenue to a city. The one concern I have is when you bring this amount of teams to the city, like we saw issues happen with this inside the NBA bubble. We were talking about grown men. Like you're also talking about young adults, 18, 19, 20-year-old young adults in the city being in hotels for a month. I think that's going to be very challenging, but I hope it can work because I want to see March Madness desperately this year. Indeed, great point by you. It could be a harbinger of things to come. This is experimental. They're talking about it as a one-off, but who knows? If it works, it could be great. The NCAA is headquartered in Indianapolis. They can monitor the situation, boots on the ground. The D2 and D3 tournaments also in the state of Indiana, so a huge amount of infrastructure in place. One state is going to dominate March Madness. All right. The Texans did anything but dominate this year. They had a disastrous season, and their two best players not afraid to sound off. You may have heard J.J. Watt just laying into some of his teammates for not giving effort about a week ago. Deshaun Watson says they need a complete culture reboot and reset. We just need a whole culture shift. We just need new energy. We just need discipline. We need um, structure. Uh, we need a leader so we can follow that leader as, as players. And that's what we need, and we got to have the love of just not just the game of football because that's what we do, but the love for people and the people in this organization. We all got to be on the same page. There's too many different minds um, and too many different ideas and too many people thinking that they have this power and, and it's not like that. You know, we need someone that stand tall and this is who we follow and this is the way it goes. Like I said yesterday after the game and, and, and we're going to do it this way to win. Key, this is like the football equivalent of a cry for help. Like the first mm. 15 seconds of what he said, that was like pretty cathartic. Well, he knows. I mean, obviously he's been there his entire career, and it all started with Bill O'Brien. And everybody that's there is under Bill O'Brien. Everybody thinks and acts and feels like Bill O'Brien. And Romeo Cornell did his best coming off the sidelines and becoming the head coach and trying to put on a cap to change a little bit of the culture. But everything is already embedded, right? It's already there. So you've got to do a complete scrub and clean 
of the entire organization. That's why guys like Lewis Riddick and, and the great Ozzie Newsome, those type of names that understand that you have to have a culture shift and change could be great fits in Houston for the Texans. It, 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 it kills me to hear Deshaun Watson talk that way. Deshaun Watson is one of the most special quarterbacks we have in this league. I got a chance to do a boardroom segment with him last year right before he got his big deal. And he, all he cares about is winning at a high level. That's all he cares about, Key. And you and I at the beginning of the year talked about how you had high expectations for this team. That everything that happened with Bill O'Brien, you just hope that for Deshaun Watson's sake that they can salvage that relationship. And that starts with the pieces that you put around him so he can start competing at the highest level possible, which is championship caliber level for Deshaun Watson. That's it. It's championship caliber level or he's going to find somebody else that can help him get there. We just heard him talk for 39 seconds. New culture, new energy, people in power that think they have power but don't have power, somebody to stand tall. He is not hiding his emotions at all. Great opportunity, great QB. Who wants to undertake the challenge? On the way, no matter what happens this weekend, had the Chicago Bears already had a successful season. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.